What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Combos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today we're talking to Mick Zazon. If you don't already know who she is, she is one of my favorite influencers to follow, whether that be on TikTok, on Instagram, but she's also the creator of hashtag normalize normal bodies. And she really spreads a message of body positivity. And this episode was super insightful. We talk a lot about what life was like after competitive sports and the transition out of it body positivity, social media, and much more, so stay tuned. Okay, I know I say this in every episode, but seriously, if you love the podcast, it helps me out so, so much if you rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps add credibility to the podcast so I can get bigger, well-known guests on for you guys to have convos with, so please go do that if you love the podcast, or just keep sharing with your friends and telling people about it, or just listening. I really appreciate all of you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit company. Enjoy clean ingredients you can trust, seasonally sourced for peak freshness. They make eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, or just looking to eat healthier, there's a range of recipes to suit any kind of diet or preference. You guys already know I absolutely love Green Chef. I rave about it to everyone I know in person as well. My roommates are probably tired of hearing me talk about it and how much I love it. And also, they're jealous. Every time my Green Chef box comes, when I make them my meals, they always are like, oh my gosh, can I have some? Because they are that good. Their vegan and vegetarian recipes are high in plant proteins and rich in omega-3s. And they're also the most sustainable meal kit. They offset 100% of their direct carbon emissions. And it's plastic packaging in every box. So you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got to your table. Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh and with the wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. So I love to switch between the brands just depending on how my taste buds change. If you guys are interested in Green Chef, go to greenchef.com slash 90coldbrew and use code 90coldbrew to get $90 off, including free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash 90coldbrew and use code 90coldbrew to get $90 off, including free shipping. Now let's get straight into the episode. Combos over cold brew. Yes, thank you for having me. Yes, it's gonna be a fun episode. I know you are such a highly requested guest. I think you inspire like just a ton of people on social media, regardless of like what kind of demographic it is. I think you kind of cater to everyone, and I love that. Thank you. Yeah, it's been such a. I think I think the the thing is, I I have so many passions. And so my ADHD brain just loves to dig into different areas of life. And so I'm glad people love it as well. Yeah. (laughs) So to get started with this episode, do you want to just tell us like a little bit about yourself? Give us a rundown of who you are and what you're about? Yeah. So um, my name is Mick Zazon. I am an entrepreneur and a creator in the health and wellness um, uh, area. And I primarily focus on mental health and physical well-being, um, on an inclusive scope. 
Um, so, uh, to get there, I have lived multiple lives. I've, um, been a power lifter. I've been a bodybuilder. I've, um, you know, been through an abusive relationship, um, at a very young age. I was a nationally ranked soccer player. Um, I'm probably forgetting a thousand different things. And I also struggled with, uh, three different eating disorders, um, for, for six years. So, um, it's, it's been a wild ride and I knew in my heart that I number one, couldn't do it alone when I entered recovery, which wasn't an easy process, um, because I had hit rock bottom, but number two, I had, um, you know, led people down a, like my own self-destructive path by sharing my, uh, weight loss transformation photos as I was in, you know, my deep eating disordered and, and disordered eating phases. Um, and so I decided to share my recovery and, um, I'm, I'm really, really thankful for the platform that I have, because if one person can, you know, take one snippet of, um, not advice, but perspective of mine and, uh, use it to better themselves in their, their life, their mental health and their relationships, I couldn't ask for anything more. So I kind of want to talk about how you got into like the fitness world. You said that you were a nationally ranked soccer player. Um, Did you end up like doing that in college? And how was the transition out of that? Did you struggle with like your identity at all? Yeah. So um, I, my passion for soccer started when I was like, I can't even remember. So I'd been playing so many sports. And at one point I was like, dad, you know, I really just want to focus on soccer. So from a very young age up until 17 years old, I, that was what I lived and breathed. Um, I didn't really have any friends in school because all I did was soccer. I uh, played on a travel team and, um, for me, it's all or nothing. Like it's either a hell yes or a hell no. And so when I put everything into that sport that came with a lot of injuries, um, I had three pretty large operations on my right knee. Um, I, I always joke if people ask what it is, I'm like, Oh, I got bit by a shark <laughs> just to be sarcastic <laughs> about it. Cause it, it looks pretty gnarly. Um, And I also had accumulated eight concussions, pretty severe concussions, um, during my time playing soccer. And I, uh, was forced to quit by my doctor actually, because the last concussion that I had, uh, received was, um, the one that put me in a helmet and, um, you know, I forgot everybody for a a quick sec. And then my short-term memory loss, like it started to occur and it was just this big thing. And, um, I, it really put things in perspective and for me, not until a couple years later, because it was like my only purpose. Um, I was like, you know what, I will, I will literally sacrifice my life if I have to, to play the sport. Um, I was getting looked at by UCLA, UNC, all of those things. And so to 
to be forced to quit at 17 when, you know, scouts are like offering scholarships. That's a really like, that's the prime age. Um, it was absolutely devastating for me. Um, I hit like, I mean, I was sitting in a dark room for, for months. Like it was, it was awful. Um, which, you know, then led to me not really understanding how to eat, uh, since I wasn't an athlete anymore. Um, I was actually just looking back at photos of, um, you know, me playing soccer and whatnot. And I just remember it being like, so effortless because I like, when you're an athlete, you eat to fuel to perform. That's it. You know, like you eat, sleep, you love what you do and that's about it. And, um, you know, when I didn't have that purpose and passion anymore, I just, I like, it was like the basic human skills that I thought I had just went right out the window and I had to relearn how to live again. Um, not only from the concussions, cause I really did have to like learn how to brush my teeth and like all of that stuff, which is like tragic in it itself. But, um, I like eating was just a whole nother beast to, uh, you know, overcome. And I started, you know, my disordered eating quickly sh- after that. Yeah. Wow. Like, I don't think I've really ever heard anyone talk about that. I touched on it like a little bit with my YouTube channel, but I mean, I was also a competitive athlete, like through college competitive runner. And I literally did not know how to eat as a normal person because Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. It's like, it's not something that you're really like taught. And I never needed to know because I was an athlete for my entire life. I don't even remember when I wasn't an athlete. Mm -hmm. So I really like, like how you touched on that because I think it's overlooked in a lot of people that, you know, come out of competitive sports, like that aspect of it. And just losing your entire identity. And I know a lot of people in the running world too, um, are sometimes like forced to medically retire just due to injuries as well. So yeah, I mean, that is, that's really sad that you had to go through that at such a young age. And then I guess, how did that kind of like transition into your your fitness, um, aspect of your life? Because I know it's like, you lose that, you lose your entire identity with your sport. And I think a lot of people listening can relate to that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I also didn't know how to work out either. I was like, what Same. is a gym? Like what, <laughs> what is a gym? And like, I, and I'm also like such an all or nothing person because it's like, I was running 50 miles a week, you know, for my uh-huh. whole life. So then I was like, I don't know, like, it just lifting weights, like didn't really give me the same exactly. like, feeling yeah. in my body. I don't, I don't, it's hard to explain if you don't go through it, but yeah. So I, um, I remember getting my first gym membership and I literally just went straight to the treadmill. I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to run. And I was like, so lost. I was like, it was was a rec center. So it wasn't like in LA fitness or any of those like uh, gym bro type of gyms where you'll see like people grunting and stuff. But I was like this, this whole like the guys and the weight section, like it, like seeing them, it was just a whole new life that I had to learn how to live in. And, um, so I, I did start working out and honestly, I think my body was so tired from all of the competitive sports I had been playing for like 
15 years of my life. Well, I guess like 12 years, um, 12 years of my life that I was just like, what if I just like, don't go and like, just, (laughs) and so I, I, I did that. And then I was also like eating the same way that I did when I was an athlete. Preaching the choir here. And so I was, I was so thrown off. And when my body was changing, it was one of the most difficult things for me to watch. I could barely look at myself in the mirror, um, let alone get undressed and look at myself in the mirror to go into the shower. Um, you know, I, I would stick my head into a pillow and scream, um, just with the frustration of everything. Like my body wasn't able to do the things that it used to do. And, So, um, my first diet actually started when my parents, God bless them. They are amazing. And I'm, (laughs) they, uh, they were like, you know what, we're going to go on this, on this diet. Like if you want to join, like you totally can. And, you know, they don't, they didn't, that is the life that they know. They didn't know any better. And like gener generationally, the older generation, my parents' generation, that's all they know. Like mm-hmm. they don't know anything else. Whenever I talk about like, um, you know, exercising to love your body, they're like, I don't understand that. Yeah. Like they, they look at me like, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so they were, uh, it was one of those pyramid scheme, uh, diets oh, love and that. it was a 30 day challenge. Uh, it was actually Advocare and I'm just going to like name that right out the bat because like they suck. Um, and we literally had reps come to our house and like, oh yeah, they, they like sold us the whole, it was like the, looking back at it, I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, so cringe. <laughs> um, so they came, they like showed us the meal replacement shakes and like all of these things. And so I, as a 17 year old was put on a 1200 calorie diet, which no woman should ever be on that's like a toddler diet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and knowing me all or nothing, I was like, you know what? I'm going to eat a thousand calories. And so I was just like, so competitive with myself. And I like still to this day, I am competitive, but I found healthier, um, you know, uh, not coping mechanisms, but like outlets, healthier outlets, um, like timing my puzzles and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, so I started this diet and I remember like losing weight right away. And that was the start of yo-yo dieting. I would lose it and then I would gain it back. And then I would be like, you know what? Nope. I'm going back on this Advocare diet. I'm going to lose it. And then I did. And then I gained it back. And then when I did gain it back, I gained more back. So it was like this never ending shame cycle and, and, um, binge restrict cycle that I literally could not get out of because it was, I, it was again, all I know that was how I was introduced to eating again. Um, and it quickly came into, uh, orthorexia, which is not yet recognized in the diagnosis books. Um, but it is recognized by, uh, NIDA national eating disorder association and, um, dietitians do treat it as an eating disorder. So it's basically when, um, you 
are just when, when you are all or nothing about your diet, when you eliminate food groups to be as clean as possible, it's almost like you have this God complex around food and how you exercise. Um, and then again, it just snowballed when you were in that, like phase of your life, did you think anything was wrong? Like, how are you acting? Did your parents know anything was going no. on? With friends? No, I mean, people were complimenting, like complimenting me, like, oh my gosh, you like lost weight. And I'm like, yeah, I like, I look great. Like I feel great. And those compliments fueled myself even more to like eat less and exercise more. It was just like this. I, I don't know. It was, it was my all or nothing at that point. And then what was it like from there? Like, what was the progression? When did it start going downhill? So, um, I got into a trigger warning for abusive relationships. Um, for those that are listening, I got into an abusive relationship when I was 17. Um, I was again, trying to find my way into the world again. And, um, I, it was my first like real boyfriend because I had been so busy with sports. Um, and I didn't know any better. Like I thought everything was normal. Um, and he, you know, I, I was with him for four years and, um, you know, I, I had something called intimate terrorism, um, where the uh, abuser use all uses all forms of abuse, um, on you. So I was physically abused, um, emotionally abused, financially abused, um, sexually coerced and, and all of these things. And again, I didn't know any better. I thought this was normal. He told me he loved me and and so forth. So he actually used, um, tactics of Stockholm syndrome. So he restricted my food. Um, wow. And he taught me how to throw up and all of that. So I, learned my, um, bulimic tendencies from him. So it was from there that things really went South. Um, because I was isolated. I, he isolated me to where I had nobody but him. Um, I, at that point, like I was lying to my parents because he had told me that like my parents were the worst thing in the world and that I had to move in with him. So I did move in with him. And then I wasn't talking to my parents. It was like this whole thing. So all literally all I had was him, no one else. I had no friends. I had no family. Um, and that was that, like, it was, that was my life for four years. So why was he doing those? Like, why was he teaching you how to throw up? What was the purpose of that? Um, manipulation and to have him believe that like he was my only option and he was my only safe space. In reality, he was the most unsafe place that I could have possibly been in. Wow. That I can't even imagine going through that at an age so young. How did you get out of it? Um, so I left when I was 21. Um, I, so I had hit a breaking point. Um, you know, there had been a lot of, um, police calls, my parents, like it was like this big thing and, um, it just kept snowballing. And I, at one point I was, um, 
in his house and I knew that he had some errands to run. And I called friends that I hadn't talked to in four years. And I said, I need you to come pick me up. Um, like I'm going to have some of my stuff packed, but like, we can't stick around. We just need to go. Um, and so they came, picked me up and I, uh, you know, I, one thing that I want to make sure of, um, for those who might be in an abusive situation is to always have a safe exit plan. Um, you can go to the hotline.org and they have resources there. Um, there's also like a, a literal hotline that you can call so that you can create a plan. Um, I didn't know any of those resources at the time, um, because I was so young and I just didn't like the internet wasn't really a thing. And so I was just like, Hey, I guess I'm doing this. Um, and when I left, I actually, (laughs) I decided to move to India, which is another extreme. (laughs) (laughs) What was the connection? Like what? (laughs) Nothing. I was just like, you know what? I, there were some, like, there was a lot of police stuff happening. Um, and you know, unfortunately like a lot of, um, battered women cases, uh, press it presses, uh, charges don't get pressed because of just how our legal system works, which is very unfortunate. Um, and I was, um, I had already started to travel. I went to go see my aunt and, um, I was like, you know what? I want to go. I just want to go like off the grid. Like, I don't want to take my phone. I don't want to do any, like, I literally just want to be in nature, um, not have to worry about anything. Like this is my time to like figure out who I am. Cause I never got the chance to. Um, so I just, packed my things. I had an 80 pound backpack, a tent, a couple of changes of clothes, a map. Um, and I, uh, trekked the Himalayan mountains for six months. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. So what did you learn during that time? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so much, uh, that would be a whole different... just, just like having a backpack on with a map in a foreign country being like, all right, here we go. Yeah, it was, um, and I met, it was through the company Knowles, um, national outdoor leadership. So I got college credit for it. Um, uh, and I met like other students that weren't like, I didn't know them previously, I think there were, I think we were a group of five. Um, so we were all doing the same thing. And, um, you know, I think most of all, like how happy people are with, the most simple life and the life that a lot of people in the U S would be unhappy with. Um, you know, they, like the women would hike two miles up this giant mountain just to get a bucket of water for the day for the family of six. And, um, you'd see like grandmas and, and family members carry literal pine trees on their back to like, continue making their hut and stuff like that. So it was, it was so beautiful to see other life. And it was, it was honestly such a beautiful experience. And I, I want to go back to India very badly, but I broke my tibia. So I, I was actually a lot of the things, I swear every single time I say something like a life experience, people are like, Mick, that's not true. And I'm like, yes, it is true. So, um, I was, I broke my tibia, uh, 
or else I would have stayed longer. Um, and I was hauled out by mules for two days to the nearest doctor. And I got to this shed where they gave me an x-ray and they also gave me fluids and they missed my vein. And it was like, and then this random guy that was like on, who was like walking next to the mule with me, like, he just like takes the 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 needle out and he's like no let me, let me do this and he just does it I'm like are you even and he's like nope they do this all the time and I'm like I can't like looking back I'm like what in the world I swear man wait how did you break your tibia uh because I had such a high protein diet before going to India now when you go to India everybody is uh, vegetarian due to uh, Hinduism And, um, I like, didn't have any time to like really adjust to it. It was just like, I'm eating a lot of like protein. And then it was like, Nope, now you're not. And so my bones were just really fragile. Hmm. Were you still struggling with eating during your time in India? Oh yeah. So that's when, um, my binge eating started. Uh, that was, I, I came back from India and it was like, I think, I I had no mirrors there. So I didn't know what my body looked like. It was just, again, extremes, like going from literally like minimalistic life, living in a tent and like cooking your food in a campfire to, oh yeah, I'm back in civilization again. And I still don't know how to eat. So that's great. (laughs) Um, And I was also eating adequately. So, because I, I needed to, and when I moved to, or when I like went to India, I was like really unhealthy. Like I was, I got down to my lowest weight and I was like fragile. Um, and so when I was eating adequately, like I, I obviously gained weight, my body needed to. And when I came back and looked at myself in the mirror, it was like a shock. Um, and then that's when I started my social media journey. (laughs) Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. So like, what do you think was causing the binge eating? Was it extreme hunger or was it like, were you, oh, were, yeah. were you binge eating in India? Towards the end, um, because I was, I was still trying to restrict my food in India. Um, and so I was, uh, I was hungry all the time and it's actually, um, it's called the deprivation effect. Uh, for those of you who do not know, um, when you binge and restrict and, and all of these, and you go into this like cycle, um, your body is obviously going to ask for nutrients that it hasn't been getting because you've been trying so hard not to listen to it and to control it. So your body is going to take over and it is completely natural to be so hungry all the time when you start eating again. Um, it's natural for you to gain weight and think that you're overeating. Um, you may not know how full you are. You may, you have no idea what you're getting into again. So like you're, 
your, um, hunger and fullness receptors are just like so out of whack. And so I went through that, um, and it was difficult. So then I tried to control it again. So, yeah. So you said you started social media. What did that mean? Like, why did you start your account? And I'm assuming it was Instagram. Yes. So I started Instagram. Um, and I started it as like, it was just a fluke. I was just like, you know what, I'm going to start losing weight again. And, um, I started sharing my transformation photos as I began controlling my diet. And, um, that blew up. So over the course of a year, I think I got like 80,000 followers and, um, you know, all I was, I became a fitness instructor or a, you know, certified personal trainer. I created workout programs and sold diet plans. And I was taking people down this path of like just pure torture. Like I was, um, and, but unknowingly, like I genuinely thought it was the best thing ever. And now in hindsight, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. I'm like the complete opposite. So when did you know that you had a problem? And I can only imagine like how hard it would be to admit that because you have this following of people that are inspired by your transformation or are following you for that purpose. And like, I guess, how did you handle it on social media? So I, it wasn't my choice, actually. Um, I, you know, when you start to gain front, you are who you hang around. Right. So I started hanging around people who had the same viewpoints as myself, um, who were doing bikini competitions and doing the extreme. So I was watching these people go into extreme deprivation and having it glamorized. And, um, you know, I was so mad at myself that my body could never do that. Like I tried so hard to compete and and do all of that. And my body literally would not let me. Um, and what I did was I started Photoshopping my photos because I couldn't get there. I was so angry at myself. I would scream at myself in the mirror. I would cry. I would like, I would literally be in the gym for four and a half hours a day. Um, and trying to, you know, manage college on top of that, it was just a recipe for disaster. And so it got to the point where I didn't post a photo without Photoshopping it. One day, um, one of my, uh, quote unquote friends at the time, um, just decided to post about it. She was like, Oh yeah, like this person is Photoshopping her photos. And you know, I don't like, it's a whole thing when you're in that mindset, like it's just extreme after extreme after extreme. So another extreme is to post about somebody who is doing something wrong or, and whatnot. And, um, she didn't ask if I was okay first. And so I was on gossip sites. I was, I was like, it was just this whole thing. And, um, for about a month, I was, I had a month long binge. And when I'm talking about binge, those who know what binging feels like, I literally did not go out of my house. I would find myself eating my roommates, um, food and hiding it. Um, I would crumble up cookies and throw it away so that I, I wouldn't eat it. 
but I also ordered Postmates and, and DoorDash to my door. So I would not have to get out of the house. I was so ashamed of my body. And I was literally laying in food on my bed and I texted my sister and I was like, I honestly, I, I am not okay. And I need help. Whether that means, cause I was living in Arizona at the time. Um, I was like, I need help. I need to either move back home. I don't know what, I don't know what it is, but I need help. Um, and so as I started going through recovery, I knew that it was the right decision decision to start sharing that, um, my platform was so wrong and that I was so sorry for leading them down a path that is very detrimental, not only for me, but for whoever is watching me. So you said your friend was the one that posted about you? Yes. That is mortifying. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm assuming you guys are not friends anymore. Yeah, no. Um, Yeah, from from there I got death threats and and whatnot from Photoshop. It was was quite the experience. I learned a lot. (laughs) Did she ever apologize? Like, what? I, I guess... Like, what is the motive of that? Just to like tear other people down? Like, what is the purpose? I, I wish I knew, but all I can control is my own actions. And so I said, yeah, I did Photoshop my photos and that is absolutely wrong. And so I'm going to write my wrongs and show you that I am like taking this step to be a better person and also like be a better person for the people that are watching me. I mean, that's a very mature way to handle it. And what, what, how old were you then? Oh gosh. I don't know. Yeah. Like 22. Yeah. What am I? Wow. Yeah. 22. And then like, what, what were your followers saying? Like when you came back and you're like, I'm so sorry for all this. Did you receive hate? Like what was the, I guess, outcome? Yes. Yes. But also I still like most of the people that were following me then still follow me now. Like I, they went through the recovery process with me and that is something so special, um, that I had the impact to be able to have people realize that they could be living a life of freedom too. What were the resources? Like what, what did you do to get help? I went to outpatient, um, recovery. So I, I saw a dietitian, a therapist, a psychiatrist, a general practitioner. Um, and I want to preface that all of that was expensive and those need to be accessible for all. But unfortunately with, um, the United States healthcare system, that's not the case. Um, so I was very fortunate and I had the privilege to have that treatment. I am so grateful that I did. Um, and I, I like, I wouldn't be where I am without having those professional resources. Um, so they really helped build myself up again. Were there like specific tactics that you use to like help with your body image and, you know, getting like learning how to eat normally again? Um, yeah, I, you know, I started learning about how the intricacies of diet culture and how it really runs everybody's life, whether they know it or not. Um, because from a, I mean, you're introduced to it 
when you're born, literally when you're born, because your, the, your mom is already like in it. And I was already talking about that previously with like that generation being in it on a more extreme level than us. I learned about the intricacies of diet culture and how it affects everybody's life. And, you know, the diet in fitness industry is a 70 billion with a B dollar industry. And a lot of the information that is on the internet is absolutely false. And again, I am an extreme person. So I wanted to know the facts of everything. And so to know that I had been learning from the wrong resources or the only resources that came up to me while I was like in my eating disorder, um, I started learning about things from like the Harvard medical journal and, and all of these things. And I was like, oh my gosh, like literally none of the information about health and fitness is true that we've all learned. Um, and it's not healthy to be, um, in like a, a state of dieting or over exercising, or even having a, a mindset of, I need to lose weight. So for the first time in my life, I got to know myself outside of health and fitness for the first time in my life, like in 22 years of life for the first time. And it was like the honeymoon phase. I loved every second of it. It was such a beautiful experience. Um, but one of the main tactics that I used was, um, taking a break from exercise and allowing myself to eat again, however, I, however my body needed to. And that is scary. Yeah. Because your mind is like so occupied by, you know, food and exercising. What were you like doing? And what were you thinking about during this time? Um, I honestly was loving my body. <laughs> like yeah. I was literally just loving my body. Um, I was the heaviest I had ever been. And I loved every second of it because I was like, you know what? My body, my body is so fucking smart. It is so smart and we do not give it enough credit. It knows when something is wrong and it will tell us. And we are trained to not listen to it. And so for me to listen to my body, to eat as much as I, I wanted to, and I was just like, and now wanted to is not binging. That's like, uh, as much as I, I wanted to, I was like, wow, this feels so good. Even through the uncomfortable parts of it. I was like, I know that this is better. What is your relationship like now with, you know, food in your body? Um, I have a feeling it's always going to be complicated because of my past. And, you know, I am, um, extreme natured. So I, um, like I said, I, I, I have healthier outlets now. So I have a dog. He's somewhere around here. He's right there. Um, that I love to take long walks with. Um, I have a companion with me that like, he, he's just like the best thing in the world. He reminds me to eat, um, blue is my dog. So he, he reminds me to eat because I have to feed him and cause I'm taking care of somebody. Oh yeah. I have to drink water because I'm giving blue water. Um, blue has to go outside. Oh yeah. I should probably go outside too. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's having a more balanced life. I'm, I'm finding healthier outlets, like 
actually good friendships for once in my life. And, um, you know, uh, having healthier relationships with my family and, um, you know, having passions outside of fitness is so underrated. (laughs) It really is. I mean, coming from someone who's like a competitive athlete their whole life and is just now, you know, experiencing life outside of it. There's a whole world out there that to experience outside of like eating and, you know, exercising. So I highly recommend. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. What is life like now? Because you have a, you have a huge following on the internet. First of all, did you ever expect to have that many people following you? And yeah, what is it like (laughs) being like a role model for so many people? Um, no. Okay. So my answer is no, I did not expect it. It was more of just like a snowball effect. And that is something I will never take for granted. And if I do, I will call myself out on it right away. Um, I have to constantly remind myself that I, I do have millions of people watching me every single day. Um, and so, you know, life now is no different. I like, it's literally no different. I just like share what I do on the internet and I get to, um, you know, collaborate with brands and people that have the same mindset and also help create change within, um, brands that have done people wrong in the past and, um, you know, share that they are doing better and they are having more inclusive sizing and stuff like that. And so I'm loving every part of being a part of the change. What is the most fulfilling aspect of your career? Um, so I own the Rose Retreats and, um, it's a women's event company. Uh, we, hold events, retreats and whatnot. And, um, I think that has to be the most fulfilling part because I get to see in real time, these women coming, connecting with other like-minded women and, um, you know, sharing their journey and also learning from the therapists, dietitians, professionals, and, um, body confident and body positive influencers that come along the retreats and events, um, you know, they, they get to learn and, uh, you know, a lot of the attendees from the events have like now their social medias are, are filled with the content that I post in their own story. And it's just so fulfilling. Yeah, man, that must just feel so like amazing to be able to inspire people to like live a healthier life and really be in tune with their bodies because there is just so much toxicity on the mm-hmm. internet, especially right now with like the emergence of TikTok, like the amount, the amount of like diet culture, bad things on that app is, is wild. What? It is wild. I guess. What do you think is like the most toxic trend on the internet at this point? Oh, I mean, there's, that's the fall of social media right now. Trends come and go every day. Um, I honestly, you could look up any, I mean, the, the most recent one it, that I can think of is the cl- chlorophyll one where people are like, I'm drinking chlorophyll to lose weight. And I'm like, you're, you can literally just like the chlor- chlorophyll comes from like leaves. Like it yeah, literally comes like, just eat some spinach. It, you don't need to buy the, the chlorophyll on and Amazon. Like, and also there's no weight loss effect of it whatsoever. Like, where are you getting your information from it? And yeah. they are getting it from false 
like truths that people are saying on TikTok. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah. It's just crazy to like things that people can believe on the internet and just like people, what people post on the internet because they truly believe it as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just TikTok kind of scares me sometimes with the, I just can't imagine what it's going to be like for, you know, these young kids on the app mm-hmm. moving forward. It's just a lot different. I mean, because I'm 24. So you and I grew up like kind of without this sort of social media and mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see like the impact that it has but there I mean there's obviously people like you who are on the platform spreading great information do you have any other people that you follow that you would like recommend or that you love yeah if uh if you if everybody just go to my Instagram and check who I'm following any I that, yes any of them I only allow myself to follow people that bring a positive influence in my life so. yeah I mean I think that's good advice for anyone yes so, I mean, you have such a big following, like, what is it like being a role model to these people? Maybe if you're not having such a good, like body image day, like, do you ever go through that? And do you feel like you need to be, you know, positive about it on the day? Um, it used to be like that, but now I'm just like, yo, I'm really having a bad day and that's okay. Like, I, I just like, I'm not looking at myself in the mirror today because that's something that I do that helps like me get out of my body and like live in real life. Um, and, uh, you know, I think sharing those parts is equally as important as having a good body image day. Yeah. I think vulnerability is like a, I think it's one of the best trends, you know, that's coming out of social media now. Um, okay. I have two more questions to close out the episode what are three of your favorite like self-love activities? Um, I, eh, going outside, breathing in the fresh air, showering and eating. Um, those are things that are accessible. So if you don't have access to therapy or a dietitian, um, you know, there are affordable things and I, I do go to therapy and that's one of my favorite things ever, but I'm not going to name that because it's just, it's not realistic for some, um, because those are, uh, things that we often overlook, um, the most simple things, taking care of yourself, um, and your well-being, um, brushing your teeth also like the most simple things, um, can make a huge difference. Yeah. I mean, it's just like the, those little acts of self-care that seem like, you know, not that big of a deal. They do, they add up. If you're doing them every day, it makes a huge mm-hmm. difference in your mental health. Happy, also happy mental health awareness month to everyone. Yes. Yeah. Um, the last question I have for you is, do you have any advice to your younger self? Um, to my younger self? No, because I wouldn't change anything for what happened. Um, I think that I needed to be in that spot to be who I am. Um, now my advice to somebody, if I were talking to them now, like my brother, my brother is 17. Um, and I would say unfollow people that make you feel like crap on social media and make you feel like you're not enough. Um, if it's friends or family, mute them. If it's people that are genuinely not making a good influence in your life, then there's no point in having them in your life, regardless, including friends and family, um, boundary setting. Uh, uh, I would say moving your body in ways that bring you joy, not the ways that, you know, influencers are saying that you need to with these crazy exercises that are 
wild and their legs are flinging everywhere. Um, we love hit workouts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and also, uh, donate, uh, to your local women's shelter, the clothes that don't fit anymore. Um, I say donate locally because a lot of the clothes that if you give it to Goodwill and whatnot, they get shipped to, um, uh, these, uh, low income countries and continents that, um, it, it becomes overflow. So like a lot of, a lot of it isn't used. So I would highly recommend donating to your local shelter, um, you know, a um, a prison rehab center, any of those things, um, or, uh, hosting a clothing swap with your friends. Um, so that buying clothes that fit you is, is affordable. Um, that's something that I did recently. Um, and it was so great because then you can make a night out of it. Um, so yeah. And selling clothes on like Poshmark and stuff, but ultimately like find clothes that you genuinely feel comfortable and confident in. Yeah. Wow. I, do, I love all that you stand for. And I'm really glad that you came on because I think a lot of people can take something from this, like whether it's the fitness aspect, the eating aspect, just mental health in general, I think it's really important to talk about. And I just love how open you are. And I know you inspire a lot of people. So um, if people don't follow you that are listening, where can they find you at? Uh, at McZazon on everything. Uh, social media. My website is mixazon.com. You can check out the Rose Retreats. Um, that's the Rose at the Rose Retreats on Instagram or the roseevents.com. Um, you'll find my stuff. I, and I hope that you join this beautiful community that not only I created, but, um, you know, that you, everybody that is in it right now has created. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really, I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Convos Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. It was really cool talking to Meg. She's someone I've followed for a really long time, and I just love everything that she talks about on her platform. So highly recommend you go give her a follow if you haven't already. Make sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. If you love this podcast, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your roommates, tell your whatever, whoever you want. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will hear from you guys in the next one. Peace out, fellas. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.